Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Volume 66 of The Other Stories is brought to you by the Scared to Death podcast. If you're looking for something scary, mysterious and interesting to distract and entertain you, check out the horror podcast Scared to Death. There's nearly a hundred episodes of demonic possession, haunting, shadow people, black-eyed children, alien abductions, and so much more. The show features horror lover Dan Cummins as he attempts to terrify his wife Linz with two new supposedly true tales each week. Linz then gets back at Dan with potentially scarier stories, sharing at least two listener-submitted encounters with the paranormal, often the most disturbing part of the show. So if you need more chills in your life, if you don't feel quite twitchy enough, it's time for Scared to Death. New episodes drop every Tuesday night, the stroke before midnight Pacific time, and it's available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on YouTube. So, get scared to death. A limited edition hardcover pre-orders of the Other Stories Best Of collection is slowly running out of stock. We've sold over 30% of our stock now, so if you want to get one, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash best of to grab it today. Today's episode of The Other Stories is Judge and Jury, written by Richard Reynolds and narrated by James Barnett. It was a night like any other when I made first contact with an alien species and had the fate of humanity thrust upon me. I simply awoke to find beside my bed a creature so strange in appearance that my mind preoccupied trying to work out what it was, forgot to be afraid. It looked like a quasi-translucent bladder, with some kind of suspended matter at its core, and what seemed to be a writhing mass of smaller creatures on its internal membrane. It was, evidently, filled with a gas that allowed it to float, and had soft tendrils hanging from its sides. Panic did set in, however but the creature released a vapour that paralysed and calmed me. 
It floated toward my bed as a tiny red squid-like thing burrowed through its flesh and dropped onto my face before slipping under my eyelid. Squeezing around to my ocular nerve and travelling along it to gain access to my brain. Where it affixed, I felt it the whole way, but experienced no pain. Immediately, a line of communication was created between myself and the alien, which previously I would not have comprehended. It relayed information to me in a manner no different than the way my own thoughts came to me. It occurred to me, for instance, that this being was a collective, a central organism that lived symbiotically with a multitude of parasitic creatures. The race exchanged parasites to communicate and share experiences, blurring the lines between individuals as well as species. And now, with this little squid in my brain, I too was in the loop. I also became aware that this species was one of the elders of the galaxy and, in league with other elder species, had been observing humanity for many centuries. They were coming to the opinion that humans were irreparably wrecking the rare and valuable gift that was our fertile planet and may have to be removed from the ecosystem. There had been hope for us as we discovered the power of the atom and managed to avoid destroying ourselves with it then created a wondrous network of communication and information and made it open to all. But that hope was dashed as we used the network for profit, deceit and pettiness, while our numbers grew at an unsustainable rate. These alien elders were not malicious though, or unreasonable, and would not eliminate an intelligent race without first including us in the decision process. And that is where I came in. I was the one they had selected to put forward a case in defence of humanity's continued existence, to illustrate how we were more than just Earth's own destructive parasites. I stared at the being as I let all this sink in, the vastness of it, not quite as overwhelming as you might think, but perhaps those calming vapours were still in play. Why me? I asked aloud. I'm nobody. I'm not qualified. The answers slipped into my mind like old memories, and all modesty aside, made sense. I was smart, logical, cultured, well-read, up on current affairs, empathetic, lacked overt greed, bias and hatred. In short, I was intelligent, rational and honest. I fit their needs, somehow, over the thousands of other possible choices. I was assured that I could take whatever time was required to make my case, and to ensure nothing was lost in translation, and that the full spectrum of my emotions could be taken into account. I would keep the creature in my brain so they might sense what I sense, and think what I think, but it would be a one-way street. They would not influence my path. Once all was made clear, I just rolled over and went to sleep. I would be needing my rest. When I awoke, the alien was gone, so I wasted no time. I thought long and hard about my course of action, what parts of our nature to broach. Notions of politics, religion, finance and conquest were disregarded for being complex and fraught with darkness. No, 
I was best sticking to the things I loved and through them shine a light on the best in us all. Drawing up an itinerary of things to do over the following week was invigorating. And that done, I took the next train I could get to London. My first port of call was obvious. I made straight for the British Museum, where I would spend the whole day. The building itself is awe-inspiring, and the entry fee was nothing. Here was a place that housed relics of every type. Each one a window into the myriad cultures that created them. Room after room of glass displays and wooden cabinets that contained the perfect encapsulations of the ingenuity and rapid pace of human design in all aspects of life. If seeking evidence that humans can cooperate and change and excel, was this not all you needed? The next day, I visited the National Gallery. Yet another building of brilliant splendour that contained some of the greatest artistic works from the history of man. I walked the halls and rooms, absorbing the items of expert craft, the labours of Manet, Rubens, Rembrandt, Turner, Constable, Da Vinci, Caravaggio, and so many more. I followed the leaps of artistic endeavour from one century to the next. Was this not the embodiment of our longing to explore and capture the length and breadth of our physical and emotional realities? I returned home in the morning to visit my favourite bookshop, to take in the vast variety and extremes of human thought on all subjects and scenarios, real and imagined. I bought books by Bryson, Lansdale and Bronte, just to feel that unexplainable magic that comes with buying books. Then I went to my local comic store and purchased a graphic novel simply for it being recommended by the proprietor. I read it right away. Upgrade Soul by Ezra Clayton Daniels and was opened up to an altogether new style of sci-fi. I decided to read for the rest of the day. The complex layers of Moore and Gibbons's Watchmen, the visual originality of Eisner's The Spirit and the insanity of Stokoe's Wonton Soup. I moved on to short prose of all genres and marvelled at our capacity to strive for and accomplish originality time and time again on paths that seemed well-trod. Was this not proof of the entire universes that dwell in our minds? The following day was for movies. I started at the cinema to watch the latest family blockbuster, with a crowd of all ages, reveling in the tingling atmosphere as children and adults alike delighted in the antics of the animated characters. At home, I lined up a playlist of my favourites, and indulged myself into the wee hours, swimming in the hope of the Shawshank Redemption, the heart of Princess Mononoke, the design and terror of Alien, and the hilarity of 22 Jump Street, and more besides. Was this not demonstration of what wonders could be birthed through human collaboration? On the fifth day, I took my closest friends for a delicious meal. We dined on and drank only the best until we'd had our fill telling stories, getting lost in discussion, and laughing uproariously as we did so. The party moved to my place, where we drank still more and streamed our favourite songs, getting caught up in the inexplicable alchemy of music, as it compelled us to sing and dance and cheer and cry. Was this not the very essence of the bonds and virtues of companionship? 
I reserved the last day to spend with my parents. Over 40 years they had been married, yet the adoration in their eyes was as fresh as ever. They still talked and kissed and held hands. They shared laughs as they affectionately poked fun. And through the best and worst times of their lives, they'd combine their feelings and goodness and lavish them on me. Was this not love? Walking home, I cast my gaze up to the stars and declared, That's it. That's the best I've got. Then I turned in, sleeping soundly, knowing I had put together the best defence for humanity that I could. On the seventh day, I awoke to what looked like falling snow, but an understanding came to mind that these were not snowflakes. They were spores, and they were falling over the whole world the inhalation of which bringing a collective calm to all mankind as they shut down powered machinery, made their way to their accommodations, opened all the doors and windows, freed any and all caged animals before laying in bed to sleep, never to wake up. The only exception was myself, who was the sole witness to the most peaceful genocide a species could hope to befall them. A genocide lacking in any kind of malice, For an unknowable while, I was beyond my own senses with grief. But with time and, I suspect, a little help from the friend in my brain, I was able to compose myself at least enough to implore, Why? You saw what I saw. Felt what I felt. I know you witnessed the best in our souls. And with the mercy they knew I needed, the elders of the galaxy answers not in the form of my own thoughts, but as a collective voice. We saw and felt as you, but we also thought as you, down to your deepest, most private reckonings. It was not us that weighed the value of your species, but you. We simply acted on your judgement. You understand that for all your capacity to appreciate and record your past, you repeat your worst follies over and over again. You place your creations, personal emotions, and contentment on a pedestal so high as you treat it as divine and above all things, an outlook that is simply incorrect. For what is a painting of a tree compared to the complexity of a tree? What are your feelings compared to another's life? And with this your great works only exist at the behest of those with wealth and power to have or profit from. But for every one great work of invention or art, How many thousands have died in servitude and squalor? Had their lives spent in wars merely to move imagined boundaries, to gather yet more wealth, or to demonstrate the supremacy of one constructed god or idea over another? When you create systems, be they political, financial, or religious, aim to promote righteousness and equality, they are, without exception, abused in the name of greed. Always greed. You have a world of abundant resources and the ability to use them to the betterment of everyone equally. But you do not. Because your nature is to want more than the next person. Maybe not all humans, but too many. Even your most idealized sense, love, all too often turns to hate, jealousy, or control. No. 
Your better selves are not as special as you imagine. Being outbalanced even by the darknesses you subject yourselves to, and paling even more significantly to the cruelties you inflict on your planet and its other inhabitants. For the whim of having a piece of chicken, or a glass of milk, when you are neither hungry nor thirsty, you would be culpable in the torturous mistreatment and confinement of a creature for its entire lifetime. And this, alas, is the very least of it. I wanted to scream and object, but I couldn't. These were indeed my own darkest thoughts, refined, vocalized, but mine all the same. And I had no retort. Besides, it was too late now. Soon the ecosystem was cleaned up to a point of safety and hazardous technologies removed. Nature did the rest. Now Earth is a thriving mausoleum, teeming with life. I live elsewhere, in a galactic museum, albeit a vast one that contains the entire works and history of our species, gathered by a sorrowful league of aliens who wish to honour our memory by preserving and studying all that we were and all we produced. It really is something to behold. Humanity could not wish for a finer gravestone. You might say I'm part of the exhibit. I welcome visitors regularly who wish to learn from, converse with, or simply observe a human in the flesh. I want for nothing, but sometimes my grief gets the better of me. In these times, the little friend that lives in my brain helps me manage the pain. It is perhaps better than I deserve. As the last runner of the human race and the arbiter of its destruction. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Judge and Jury was written by Richard Reynolds, narrated by James Barnett, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Blair Moon and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Richard Reynolds is the owner and operator of Ground Zero Comics, a small shop in Mansfield, England, but he writes, draws, and produces his own comics whenever he gets the chance. James Barnett is the producer of the Night's End podcast, a short story fiction podcast with tales of horror and the paranormal. Search for it wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also catch other works of his at jamesbarnettauthor.com. Once again, if you're interested in grabbing a limited edition hardcover copy of the Other Stories Best of collection, featuring 30 of the show's best stories, featuring grisly horror, mind-bending sci-fi and thrilling gut rippers with a foreword by modern horror extra orphan heir Michael David Wilson then go grab a copy today at theotherstories.net forward slash best of we show the cover design uh, illustrated by Pi Pop to many many people and 9 times out of 10 their heads pop so if you're looking for a head popping experience go check out the cover today once again that's theotherstories.net forward slash best of the Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.